What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. Great show today. We got John Garcia uh, Jr. coming in, and we're going to talk about some of the really interesting prospects coming to, to campus, some of the players that Wisconsin is in on with this new coaching staff. We're going to talk recruiting. We're going to talk a little Graham Mertz. We got a lot to talk about today uh, on Wisconsin. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, my friends? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. As I said, your team every single day. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in, listening to the show. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Uh, we got John Garcia Jr. Uh, jumping on. That is um, the Locked On College Football Recruiting Insider. Always fun to get him on. And John, I know this is a crazy busy time for you. I know we have a lot to talk about just in terms of Prospects coming to Madison, Luke Fickle staff, the transfer portal. But I wanted to start here. I always thought this was interesting. So Graham Mertz just jumped into the portal. Obviously, an incredibly highly rated quarterback when he came out. Uh, one of the, the top pro-style quarterbacks in the nation. Um, and it didn't work out in Madison for whatever reason. As a recruiting analyst, as somebody in the industry, when a player like that doesn't work out, do you ever go back and look at, was he maybe overrated? Was it a system that didn't develop him? Um, how, does that, how does that play out in your head? That's a good question, Ryan. I think it's probably case by case. Um, I, I think there have been a lot of examples of the system holding the player back. And there have been examples of vice versa. When, you, when you're making projections at any position, there's so much unknown that goes into it, right? It's the same reason why the NFL draft is sometimes a crapshoot or any, any league's draft ha has that uh, potential because you just don't know just as a human, as someone – taking in new challenges, new coaches, new direction, new terminology, new everything, you don't know how somebody's going to transition. So I do think that's part of, of uh, the, the risk, I guess, in, in making these projections. But yeah, on, on the other end, you you know arm talent when you see it. Uh, you know production when you see it. And, and sometimes the fit doesn't work. And I think that's probably where I would lean without looking too much into it with, with the Mertz situation. There have been in the last few years, there have been some really nice bounce backs from quarterbacks who, for whatever reason, just didn't work at one school. Um, maybe you need the breath of fresh air on your end. Maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a mental health thing. I mean, there's so many variables in, in all of these decisions. Um, look, but look at Bo Nix this year, right? Look at Spencer Rattler. Look at some of the players who made moves and all of a sudden you, you, you look back and say, how did it not work? at the previous school, right? And then there are other guys who are in the portal for the fifth time now at quarterback that you're like, okay, it hasn't worked anywhere. So at, at one point, it's 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 not you, it's me kind of thing, right? So I think that's that's where we lie on this. So obviously Graham is going to have some interest. Uh, he's, he's only been uh, at one school. So I think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt that, you know, his talent has maybe not been showcased uh, 100% in the right direction. Uh, so he'll get that benefit of the doubt, and I think he'll have some interest, and he'll have an opportunity to, you know, to, to be the next great story. Uh, I think, but I think in terms of how we look at all of these things, it is it's totally case by case. Uh, and I think Mertz is is a good kid or a good young man at this point, uh, dating back to his high school days. Obviously talented, uh, but yeah, sometimes everybody needs a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, that's well said, and a breath of fresh air probably on both sides, you know. So. Yeah. Not not to be left out of this, but certainly Wisconsin's coaching staff primarily got let go because of their failures on offense. So not the best ecosystem for him to be in, most likely. 
All right, let's transition into probably more exciting news for Badger fans. Um, a lot of a lot of movement coming up. Um, Luke Fickle's staff is still kind of gaining traction, but there's a big official visit weekend coming up. We're not going to get to all the players today, but we have time. We're going to do more next week and keep getting John Garcia Jr. on. Um, let's start with Braden Moore. Um, four-star, borderline four-star, high three-star safety out of um, Ohio, multiple positions, 6'2", 190 pounds, was a Cincinnati commit, decommitted, coming to Madison for an official. Uh, what can you tell us about his game and where his recruitment's at? This is a football player. Uh, like you said, multiple position player. The frame is great. The game is great. There's just a lot of natural ability with, with this Ohio native. Uh, I think you'll you'll find more receiver clips and tape than you will uh, of him at safety. Uh, and he's very good at, at every single position we see him at. The ball skills are great. Uh, the size is imposing. He looks physically dominant on the field, whether he has the ball in his hands or whether he's chasing down uh, folks who have the ball in, in their hands, there's there's a lot of physical dominance uh, with this kid's game. Uh, but I, I love the upside, regardless of what position he plays. Those are the kind of evaluations Cincinnati made a living off of, right? That Luke mm -hmm. Fickle made a living off of. Taking those borderline three, four-star players and truly developing them. But the difference here is that this kid physically is so well developed? As you mentioned, six one, six two. He'll be you know just under two hundred pounds by the time he gets to his college of choice, and that physicality translates on tape. Whether it's coming downhill and, and making a stop, or or leaping and winning a contested ball on offense or defense uh, with the ball in the air, there, there's a lot to like here. He's one of those that the more you watch him, the more you're like, okay, this is this is going to be something to talk about here going forward and you wonder if other schools are going to try to to shoot their shot here at the last minute you know certainly looked like a great fit for Cincinnati and, and that defensive scheme under then head coach Luke Fickle so naturally pops over to Wisconsin and, and now there's mutual interest here uh, to team up going forward so we'll see official visit this weekend not sure if he's got anything planned for that final weekend before early signing day but again as more folks watch his tape and try to get involved here you could see another school trying to grab that that last official visit but for now obviously staff continuity between cincinnati and wisconsin is going to help the badgers hit the ground running in a big way uh for a lot of these kids yeah uh, talk about timetable here for for a lot of these players especially players kind of caught up in coaching transitions like people get very hyper focused on early signing day for obvious reasons but you see a lot of these players kind of pushing this out a little bit now kind of caught in the flux it really depends i mean it's a risk uh, let, let me be clear the early signing period has become popular because people need to claim spots unless you are bryce young unless you are travis hunter or harold perkins or a no-brainer all-american type high school recruit you've got to think about claiming a spot and we're seeing it in the portal now even with quarterbacks, even with players who are extremely experienced, there are limited spots to be taken. Um, now, when there is a coaching change, there are more spots potentially available, right? And if you're Deion Sanders, there's like every spot available except for the quarterback position. So in that regard, there's more flexibility with that school. But that's the thing. What, what if you're trying to consider other schools? How mm. do you factor that in? Because for most programs – they're pushing for early signing day decisions because one, they're still navigating the portal and they don't know what those numbers will look like come early signing day. They will. Uh, so if you don't sign that letter of intent, that might not be the same presentation 
come February based on other departures from that school you're considering or additions in that school you're considering. So I think all of that has built up to be part of the reason why 75, 80, 90% of kids will sign in December. You just don't have the comfort in waiting until February. Again, unless you're extremely coveted and or schools have told you, hey, I'm going to keep this spot open for you no matter what. And that is not something we hear very often in talking to even the highest level recruits. Uh, so that's why there is such an attention and focus on December 21st, because beyond that day, the spots are going to become fewer and further in between. That's really well said. And I kind of wonder, I, I think I kind of know the answer to this, but get your take on it. Is the ability to transfer without restrictions also you know, you're not so scared to make a, a bad mistake, right? You can transfer in a year if you had to. Yeah, I mean, we we see kids transferring in camp, right, before they ever get to to their first actual season. So, you know, th- those elements are are always on the table, and and yeah, the fluidity now is it's more than it's ever been, and it's only pushing in that direction, right? You, you know, it used to be the one time transfer rule, but now there's so many. It feels like so many cases where the waivers are a part of it. There's so much coaching staff turnover that nobody's going to press to to keep these kids on the bench when they make it to their second or even third school in some cases. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of avenues for for player mobility. So yeah, you have a larger margin for error. Uh, and look, a lot of kids nowadays, yeah, they're they're picking one school, but two or three others are in mind should it, you know, hit the, the proverbial fan or, or, or for any other reason. You just don't like it. You just don't like where you're at. Uh, at, at one spot, you can always look around and, and get that information pretty quickly as to whether or not, you know, there could be a spot available for you somewhere else. Fascinating times, man. Um, coming up, we're going to talk about a couple more big-time prospects at tight end, uh, specifically that caught both of our eye. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, I do want to talk about our friends of the show. Uh, LinkedIn remains one of the the ultimate professional networking sites you can go to. It's something I've used professionally to advance my career. And listen, we're, we've talked a lot about hiring and firing coaches. We talked about making sure you get the right guy. LinkedIn, I hope Luke Fickle is using LinkedIn. Uh, using their screening tools to make sure he's not getting in any non-recruiters into the staff. Like he's using LinkedIn, the professional networking, the, the networking tools to screen out people that have no business applying. And that's what the power of LinkedIn for a small business. You can't miss on hires as a small business. It's hard to find the right people. And it's even harder to, to get rid of them if, if you don't find the right people. So you have to hit home runs in hiring. That's where LinkedIn comes in, the number one professional network in the world, trusted by more small businesses. It's why they rank LinkedIn number one against their competitors year after year after year. And we have a great offer with Lockdown. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And when you're done here, go check out um, Locked On Sports Today. 
uh, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, all on Locked On Sports Today, like only the Locked On Network can provide. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, YouTube, also available on the Odyssey app. All right, let's keep going here. Let's get John Garcia Jr. back on the show. Really do appreciate everything. Locked On's College Football Recruiting Insider. Um, John, let's talk about Malik Ease, as LZ, LZ now. Sorry, Malik LZ, 6'3", um, 198, 200-pound receiver out of Chicago, Illinois, so an area the Badgers have been active in in this cycle. What can you tell us about also coming in on an official visit? What can you tell us about his game uh, and where his recruitment is headed? A big fan of, of this kid's game, even before he committed initially to Cincinnati. He was actually one of the kids who decommitted well before the coaching carousel took place, so he's not one – who backed off because Fickle made the move up to Madison. He backed off in October because a bunch of Power 5 schools really started to press, Tennessee, Michigan, Auburn, and, of course, Illinois, which is which is the, the in-state school, probably the school that has held the buzz for him the longest since even before he made that decommitment uh, from Cincinnati. But if the desire was to play in the Power 5, well, now the coaching staff he is most familiar with just happens to be in the P5. Uh, Fickle is there. The receivers coach has made that move up to Madison as well. So naturally, Wisconsin looks like they're right back in it. Not only will they get an official visit, but look, we're, we're in the final stretch here. You know, two weeks from today, pen meets paper. So that means there's only two weekends between now and signing day. And those are the prime official visit windows. One is going to Wisconsin. It looks like the last one probably going to, to Illinois, but... We'll see. We'll see if another school tries to get involved again. Tennessee, you know, they can recruit receivers. Michigan on the field has, has been about as good as any program in the country the last few years. Uh, Auburn's new coaching staff, you understand under Hugh Freeze that they're going to throw the football up plenty. So you, you, you're you wondering what that looks like in the end, which is why, again, it's important that this visit is already set up for Wisconsin. Um, and, and this is the type of kid, Ryan, who is one of those – close the gap kind of kids. You know, when we talk about what Wisconsin needs to bring in to help us feel differently about the trajectory of the program, it's a wide receiver one like this, 6'3", 200 pounds, big, physical, fast, can win over the top. This is a classic wide receiver one uh, that any program uh, would would certainly take a look at. Uh, so I think that is going to be quite fascinating in general to see with Wisconsin. How many of these type players can you go out and get? It's not just about grabbing the the old Cincinnati commitments. There are a few in that group that felt like they were on a higher platform compared to the rest. And you could argue that Elsie was the first name on that list if, if you began to separate categories within that, that Cincinnati commitment list from earlier this year. So huge, important recruit. You got to beat the in-state and, and, and hotter than we ever thought they would be, Illini, in trying to, to win this battle and some other schools outside of the region that are going to press. Uh, so this will be a very good measuring stick recruitment on top of, of all of that. But again, on the field, this is the type of recruit you need to win at Wisconsin now on, under this staff, because otherwise it, it was it would have been more of the same. Yeah, he... Similar to Moore, too, when you watch film of him, um, he plays special teams. He's returning punts, kicks. He plays safety. I mean, he's going to be – he's being recruited as a receiver, but the athletic versatility is there. Um, really impressive physical specimen, like you said. Um, let's, let's move on to another player who's already taken an official visit, somebody that you and I talked about uh, kind of before the show as, as his film surprised us in, in a good way, uh, and that is tight end C.J. Jacobson, who is a Utah commit, but he came to Madison on an official visit, so clearly he's not concrete there. 
um, big kid, 230 pounds um, out of Idaho. But when you watch him, he plays like a big receiver. What do you like about his game? Um, and where do you see this recruitment headed? Is he still shaky with Utah or very curious here? Yeah, you know, Utah has a bunch of tight ends on the commitment list. They've been, of course, very active uh, at the position coming off of a, a Pac-12, another Pac-12 championship. But look, there's a reason why he, he's been open to taking additional visits. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out on his end. But I'm more interested in his game. Uh, this is a kid that I haven't watched a ton going into, into this podcast, and, and I'm kind of mad at myself for it. Uh, this kid's game is all about the ball skills. 6'5", 230 profiles very well, right? I mean, I don't have to explain that, but it's how you maximize that frame. And CJ maximizes it just about as well as any pass catcher I have watched this entire cycle. Wow. So back shoulder, apex, 50-50 ball, all those are checked in Sharpie. But it's the body awareness and control that he also shows. There are a lot of back pylon, back of the end zone, toe tapping type catches on his tape. Uh, again, yes, he's in Idaho. Fine. Don't care, though. If you're going to be in a smaller school, what do I always say? Go dominate. And there is a lot of production on, on CJ's tape. And he is absolutely taking advantage of, of trying to dominate no matter where he's at. And uh, yeah. The ball skills are crazy here. There's really no other way to put it. Is he the freakiest athlete from a height, weight, speed, lateral ability, leverage standpoint? No. But when the ball is in the air, he's got the ability to maximize his catch radius with that six foot five frame and come down with the ball. It's just a natural, gifted sort of talent. Think of a think of a great like baseball outfielder who just tracks him down, and you don't even know how. They, they got the jump on the angle. It's like they could feel the wind breaking a certain way. That, that's the kind of ball skills that CJ brings to the table. But that physicality and frame on top of it really makes it a, a true matchup nightmare, even if you've got great position on him as, as a linebacker or a defensive back. So, yeah, he's he's one that I'm more interested in now because of you and, and this podcast. So uh, let's find out. Let's find out how it rolls down the stretch. He's another one that – if schools know he's got the door even slightly open, you might want to circle back on that tape and, and make a couple phone calls to try to get him on campus because he is a more intriguing pass catcher than I thought he would be uh, coming from Idaho at 6'5", 230. You, you could have assumed uh, what, what the roles could have looked like, and then you watch the tape, and it couldn't be uh, more different than that assumption. So, yeah, CJ is absolutely a player we all need to follow a little bit more. Yeah, it's fun when, and we'll put the the link to his highlight film in the show too. You really expect to be hand in the dirt, and they spread him out wide. They, I mean, he is wide, he, he and they, they throw back. Him. He can play everywhere. Wow. Yeah, yep. It's a lot of fun to watch. You basically described. You said, um, you know, six five out defensive out. It's like Andrew Jones, but he's six five. Is essentially what you're describing there as a guy who tracks the ball. So, definitely excited about that um, coming up. There's one of my favorite Badger, potentially Badger commits in the class. Was a commit, not a commit, but taking an official visit. We talked about him before. I want to get an update on him because longtime listeners of the show already know where I'm going with this one. But I want to know where you're at with uh, a certain commit coming back to Madison. Uh, we're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. Um, has you covered from every type of sport, right? We talked about golf, baseball, basketball, esports, UFC. It's all on Bet Online. And a great place to do futures. Um, if you want to have place a bet on a certain team to win uh, the Super Bowl, NBA Finals, 
you could have bet on where certain free agents land in baseball. We just saw Judge make a monstrous decision, right? BetOnline is your number one source for all of your futures betting. Plus, if you're in the middle of the game and you have a feel, live in-game betting as well, which just spices it up. It's a lot of fun. It's super easy to do. Uh, do it responsibly, but it's a lot of fun, and it's a place we go to do all of our sports betting and wagering. Grab your mobile device today. Head to the website, BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for tuning into Locked On Badgers. Really do appreciate everybody helping build the community up. Uh, we're going to bring John Garcia Jr., Locked On's college football recruiting insider, back on. And, John, listen, we've, we've talked about Jamel Howard multiple times, um, about his game, when he committed, when he decommitted. So he has an official visit set back to Wisconsin. So definitely somebody that is still considering the Badgers. Where do you see this recruitment going? Michigan's gotten involved, among other schools. Um, where do you see this recruitment going? Yeah, well, I, I was thinking Michigan for for quite a while here. I think like a lot of other folks were. A couple other schools have jumped in with offers, uh, including Ole Miss and a couple others. So we'll see again with two visit weekends what that last weekend looks like. I think uh, Howard right now is is a bit up in the air on that final weekend. But we know, like you said, he's going to be back in Madison this weekend, and that is a huge deal. Um, of course, it should be said that the NCAA allows you to take an official visit back to the school you've already seen if a coaching change has been made. But look, when there's a kid who's already taken the official and he's already been committed for so long, there's not always this one-to-one ratio of, yeah, he'll for sure take another official visit there because there is so much familiarity. There is so much knowledge. But with uh, the decisions of Luke Fickle at the top and some of the defensive coaches who aren't going to come back, including Jim Leonard now, which I think is a huge a huge deal uh, to, to confirm here uh, over the last couple of days, it's wide open from a coaching perspective on how Wisconsin uh, will potentially um, utilize Howard down the line. So how does that look when he actually gets up there? So for most kids, it's like, I need to make this visit to see the town and academics and the dorms and the facilities and all that. None of that will be important for Jamel. It'll be about the coaching staff fickle and beyond what that really looks like. Um, and again, it, it should also be said that these last two visit weekends offer you something that none of the other visit weekends do in, in the college football recruiting calendar because you're still kind of in in-season mode and bowl practice mode, if you will, but you're not game planning for a game while these kids are taking visits. So it affords so much more time to get one-on-one -on -one time with these coaches, the assistant coaches. It, that intimacy will allow you to get all of your questions answered as opposed to dealing with the hectic uh, game planning and all the, the the logistics that have to go on during a game weekend visit. So Howard's going to have all the opportunity and Wisconsin on the other end to really get familiar with the people uh, that he would be dealing with should he recommit uh, to the Wisconsin uh, Badgers. So something that's it's, it's not unprecedented. We've seen things like this happen at different points uh, over the last few years. And you understand how defensively you might feel even better about the trajectory of Wisconsin than you did a year ago, two years ago, based on Luke Fickle being the head coach. So uh, they're going to get their shot. And, and that's really all you could ask for at this point from the Wisconsin angle. Again, you don't have to waste the time on campus. You just know it's, it's about sitting down and really digging into what the future of, of Jamel Howard would look like. Should he pick Wisconsin one more time? Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, look, just to recap his game a little bit, I've, I've mentioned before, it's not just that he's a, a big body in the middle. Like, he's a big body that can move, which in a 3-4 and an odd front, which both Luke Fickle's going to run some variation of that. Jim Leonard ran a variation of that. 
those dudes are just invaluable and they're hard to find. Yes, that that part. <laughs> Very hard to find. Um, th- yeah, this isn't just a gap occupier. This is someone who wants to disrupt at 315 pounds. And that's just not something you find every cycle or every day, regardless of where you're looking. And again, another Chicago native, right? Another player from that state and that city in particular, where there's going to be a lot of measuring stick moments for Wisconsin, not only this cycle, but to me in years to come. I think the profile of, of that area has increased from, from a talent standpoint. Uh, so it's going to be something that pops up often uh, with Wisconsin. So to nail a couple of these early on uh, in the Luke Fickle tenure, I think will be quite important to establish that precedent. You know, and I'm going to finish on this one, but it's something that you and I talked about, not just with Jamel Howard, but Roderick Pierce as well, who was a Badger commit that decommitted. You know, and when we talked about the commitments of both of those players, you really stressed that Wisconsin found fits and found um, players on their board that maybe were more talented than the evaluation, the industry consensus. And now you see Michigan's after both of them. Ole Miss is after Jamel Howard. Other schools, I think Auburn got in on Roderick Pierce or tried to, right? So it certainly looks like, I mean, Badger fans were frustrated at the recruiting class, but Roderick Pierce and Jamel Howard were certainly players that were, were better than their industry consensus when they committed. Right. And that's, look, that's part of the game too, right? There are only so many hours for, for everybody to to dig into these players with. And obviously, if you're in certain areas of the country, you don't overlap with the travel schedules of, of some of us on, on top of that. So that's par for the course. I, I think that's why most fan bases should give the benefit of the doubt to the coaching staffs that they're following, trust their evaluations. They have more resources. They're more thorough, more boots on the ground uh, than, than those of us that are trying to do it from the outside looking in. So that is always something to remind uh, every fan base of, mm-hmm. especially this time of year, right? When schools are going to miss on top targets, cycle back to tier two targets that won't be as highly rated uh, on some website. Don't look into that as much as as you want to, because oftentimes you can find some, some great gems there. And uh, look, Wisconsin's done that my entire life and beyond at this point, you know, they, they can evaluate. Uh, and Luke Fickle has done that at, at Cincinnati as well. So I think that's part of the reason why it feels like such a great fit when, when he got that gig. Yeah. Perfect. Um, John, where can people find your excellent work before we let you go? Uh, yeah, r- real simple. SI.com slash college or check us out on Twitter. We're talking ball every day. John Garcia underscore Jr. I hope you have the coffee pot fired up, my friend, because it is going to be three weeks of craziness for you. Uh, For everyone tuning in, I really do appreciate John Garcia is awesome. As always, we get smarter because he's here. Uh, We're going to keep talking Badgers. As you know, we're going to talk to you tomorrow. Um, Got a bunch more news coming up. So on Wisconsin, appreciate everybody tuning in, and we're going to keep this machine rolling.